gentlemen. What's going on, man? What's going on, big dog? Oh, uh, you know, just another day here in the lab. Here in the lab. Um, I'm very sleep deprived and am running on nothing but caffeine at this point. Well, so we're we're thriving in 2023 already. It's the American dream, dude. We are six days in, and uh, I already hate it here. <laughs> Dude, I was telling you earlier that this is like this was like the worst week I've I think I've had at Random House since I've started. It was like so I was just like miserable all week. It started like early in the week. Like there was like some fuckery that went on and it just like completely lowered like you ever had one of those days of work where it's like so bad you can't do anything but laugh about it? Yeah, it's most days. <laughs> well, that was how it was that was how it was Tuesday night and Wednesday. It was just like so bad, all you could do was laugh about it. And at that after that I said, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, those are those are the rough days. Cause then it, it makes getting up for work the next day so tough. You're like laying there, and you're like, do I need this job? Exactly. Exactly. Like, Fuck. Yes, I do. But the unfortunate part is that the Poppy and Home and Sports Lab isn't paying the bills just yet. So unfortunately I still do need that job right now. Yeah, maybe maybe one day this this will pay the bills. Hopefully. That's that's um that would be a dream. That would be a dream. But if it doesn't, that's okay. Yeah, we didn't really do it to, for that reason. No. But if it ever got there, neither one of us would complain. Fuck no. That'd be so much fun. Oh, yeah. Get paid to talk about sports all day? We'd be like Pat McAfee, except not stupid. Not as stupid. <sighs> yeah, I was going to say, we're still stupid. Yeah. Um, God, his show is so funny. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't check out the Pat McAfee show on YouTube, you probably should. Yeah, we're not being sponsored by Pat, but yeah, that yeah, the Pat McAfee show is really, really funny. Um, I would, I would definitely check it out if, if, the, if this is like the type of content that you like, that you enjoy hearing, and if you're just really craving the popping home and sports lab, we haven't put out a new episode. If you're craving hearing our voices, that's a little strange. Um, <laughs> but if if you're just if you're just like craving hearing some content, and you want to hear and you want to laugh or two, definitely check out the uh, the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, well, he's got all the inside scoops. So obviously, he played in the NFL. His co-host, A.J. Hawk, played in the NFL as well. Right. He's got Darius Butler there, who was his teammate on the Colts. Yep. He brings in A.Q. Shipley, who was his teammate on the Colts, yeah. who also played for the Baltimore Ravens, who also was a coach for the Arizona Cardinals. He brings in Chuck Pagano, his old coach. He brings in Aaron Rodgers. He brings in Aaron Rodgers every Tuesday. He brings Ian Rappaport on the show. Like, he gets... Like, he gets all the players. He gets p- different positions in there. He's gotten a head coach. He's gotten a defensive coordinator. Same person. Brock Lesnar. He has gotten Brock Lesnar on the show. That is factual. Um, he was a punter. <clears throat> he has A.J. Hawk, who was a middle linebacker. He has Darius Butler, who was a defensive back. Yeah. He has Aaron Rodgers, who is a back-to-back MVP winning quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got Ian Rappaport, the in, you know, the little insider, everything like that. I mean... He's got it all. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a funny show. I mean, I I'd imagine that the majority of people who listen to this on a consistent basis, you know who Pat McAfee is. We talk about him a good bit. Um, but um, he's uh he's a funny bastard, man. Somebody will say something stupid, and like you'll just hear Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee just go Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's definitely definitely a very very funny show, man. They just berate one another. Like AJ Hawk will say something, you'll hear uh. You hear like Ty um over on the board, he'll be like, You're such a fucking idiot. AJ, you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> it just they just belittle each other and I'm like, you know what? I'm for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely always for it. God bless. What a funny show. What a funny show. Well, 
let's get into some serious stuff. So, um, Tuesday, uh, we uh, we talked about the uh, the tragic thing that happened to Demar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills safety who went into cardiac arrest. Um, we guys, we told you guys what we thought was going on with him, like medically. Nothing was like ever announced that he had the um, the commotio cordis or anything like that, or he went into uh, ventricle fibrillation or VFib for short. Nothing was ever released. That was just what it looked like and what we thought, but no doctors ever said anything. But great news, mm-hmm. he's awake. He's um, he's off the ventilator. Um, he FaceTimed the team earlier today and was talking to him. Um, so it looks like Demar Hamlin is making a fantastic recovery. Excuse me. And uh, it looks like the power of prayer honestly worked here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely really good news um, to see how well Demar Hamlin is is improving. Um, I thought it was I thought it was funny that when he was. When the doctors first said that he that he that he became alert, um, he was nonverbal, but he was able to like write and and shit like that. And like, yeah, he was he was still innovated. Right, right. But he he could still he could still write to communicate with people. And he, they said the first thing that he asked them on a piece of paper was, "Who won?" No, did we win? Oh, di- yeah, di- did we did we win? And they and they told him, "Uh, yeah, you won, Demar. You won the game of life." Yeah. It's crazy that that's that's what he said. Uh, that was the first thing. So I'll be honest. So I like I said, I was intubated, and writing is the it's your only form of communication in that until moment. until you get <laughs> until you get the fucking tube taken out of your yeah throat. until you get extubated. Um, <laughs> and I was like writing on the piece of paper, and I still have it. And in my mind, so you're laying there with your head up. You got to keep your neck straight, obviously, because you got right. a fucking tube down it. Um, so you can't see what you're writing. You're pretty much just operating off muscle memory of what you think is right. Yeah. So you're like, okay, right here, and I'm writing, and I'm like, and you know, and you're like, okay, this is gonna make perfect sense. Perfect, perfect. And then you look at it, and you're like, what the actual fucking five year old drew this? Dude, dead ass. They were scribbles. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what kind of five year old wrote this? I was like, oh god. In my brain, made perfect sense. I was yeah. like, I'm fucking nailing this. Scribbles, <laughs> straight up scribbles. There was. I wrote two coherent things on that piece of paper. You want to know what the first one was? Fuck. Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Second one was. Get this fucking tube out of me. <laughs> That's funny as shit. I don't know why both things were very aggressive, but they were. That's I, funny. I woke up out of a coma and chose violence. Well, Damar De- Hamlin was like, did we win? <laughs> yeah. Did, did, did we beat the Bengals? Also, kudos to you, Damar Hamlin, for writing coherently, because I did not. That was the whole. That was the whole point of this, is uh, kudos to you, because I did not. I did not write, write coherently at all. They were straight up like toddler scribbles. Maybe it's that University of Pittsburgh education helped them out. Uh, maybe, yeah. I was not college educated at the time. Yeah. <laughs> says the one who says educated. Uh, I'm still not. That's that. Uh, that's that cornfield cornfield high coming out. Yeah. Hey man, don't mess with cornfield high. I'm not. I'm not hating. I'm Football just... program's gonna be up this year. Well, I look forward to it. I do too. Um. But yeah. So Demar Han- Demar Hanlon definitely um <clears throat> definitely making a very miraculous recovery. Um, even, even the doctors who were taking care of him are saying that he's surprised that su- it's a surprisingly quick recovery compared to what actually happened to him. Yeah. I mean, I think he was only, uh, so what it happened Monday, I think he was alert. He was, he was awake on Thursday and now he's talking to the team today. Yeah. 
Well, you're not allowed to talk for a little while after the tube comes out. Or v- communicating with the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they told me I wasn't allowed to talk for a few hours after they took the tube out. I bet that was a struggle. Uh, no, I looked right at the nurse and said, Mom, I ain't raised no bitch. Oh, my God. My family's like, Wes, Jesus. You're so dumb. How high were you on painkillers? Oh, dude, I just got out of a coma. I was high as a kite. Yeah, that's a good point. I was on cloud 93,000. <laughs> Damn. I okay. had like three IVs, two pick lines. I had like five, five tubes going into my arms. That's sick. Not really, but yeah. I mean, well, I looked like a drug addict for like two weeks after. Um, but now since um, of of, of course the, the the entire NFL has really rallied around what happened to Demar Hamlin. Um, so they are doing some they are doing some special things to um to honor him. This week, here for week 18. I know the Bills specifically, they're wearing a patch on their left shoulder with the number three on it, DeMar Hamlin's number. I think all teams are, aren't they? Um, I, All I saw was the Bills jerseys with it on. I don't know if all teams are doing it or not. A lot of the teams are uh, changing the threes on the field. Yep, they're, they're outlining it in either blue or red. And I think they're changing the font to what the Bills have. At least I've seen. Huh. I, I, I think like the Falcons did that. I don't know if every team is. Yeah, I, I, I did see that a few teams are outlining their um the number three in either blue or red, like I said. Um they're um they're all thirty two teams are wearing a shirt to honor Damar Hamlin as well. Yeah. I don't know I can't I saw it earlier, I just can't remember exactly what it said on the shirt. Um but you know, the NFL is really really rallying together to um to show solidarity with something like this to show that again you know this is something that you and i said on tuesday um this is bigger than football it's more it's more important than a sport so the nfl is really doing a great job of um of showing that here with the support for demar hamlin yeah yeah absolutely also uh while we're kind of on on this subject did you see that uh former nfl running back peyton Peyton hillis Hillis, um is in critical condition after saving his children from drowning yeah Scary stuff. What's going on in 2023? Yeah, his kids are fine, but um, he's having uh, or issues with um, his internal organs. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm assuming due to ingesting water. I haven't seen much more about it. Um, also, I think a member of the Bills organization suffered a stroke today, too. Good night, dude. So, someone, in the, someone in the management group, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're going to do a uh, pregame moment of support for DeMar Hamlin. Um, all clubs home and away may outline the number three in each thirty-yard uh, line number on field on the field in either Buffalo Bills red or Buffalo Bills blue. Mm-hmm. Um, they will all wear pregame shirts that says "Love for Demar Three, um, and then, like you said, the Bills will wear the number three patch. So it's yeah. just the Bills wearing the patch. You were right. Um, yeah, and of course, of course, the blue or the red is just going to be depending on. What team you are? So, like the Chiefs and the Forty ers for example, they won't do red. Yeah, so that's a primary color for them. So, doing the blue just to make it stand out a little bit more. Um, I mean, it's it, I mean it's a real stand it's a real stand up thing by the NFL to have teams do that. I think I saw like the Bengals. I, it might have I was just online. I don't know if they actually did it in the stadium. Uh, but how they have uh, like black and orange stripes for their like on the field or whatever. Um, I saw some about like black and blue. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. Of course, we'll get to, uh, well, I don't know about you with um, how things are going to be for PA with the TV, your local TV broadcast or whatever the fuck. Um, but I'll, I'll at least be able to see what goes on with that 
if they even do that. Yeah, I, I hope I'm. I hope I'm able to watch it. I may not honestly watch it because it. Honestly, this week is a joke at this point in the AFC. Um. Yeah. So the NFL so, really fucked this one. So, so, I mean, so kind kind of to continue on with with the fallout from Demar Hamlin going into cardiac arrest. Um. Tuesday, we told you guys that we would try to have a little bit of an update as far as what's happening with that game. Well, the NFL got it to us and us exclusively, and that's a lie. <laughs> um, yeah, us and us exclusively. Um, but the NFL has uh, went with a no contest for the game. So if you guys haven't been keeping up with it, what's going to happen is the Bills and the Bengals will finish the season playing 16 games while the other 30 teams in the NFL will play 17. Um, so this does impact the playoff standings a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, like we said on Tuesday, that the Ravens will kind of catch a short end of the stick no matter what happens. Um, so since they're only playing 16 games due to winning percentage, regardless of what happens on Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals will repeat as AFC North champions. Which I think is kind of whack, but that's... So do I. Um, I think they have to take into consideration your division record a little bit more. Yeah, like if if we were to beat the Bengals, we'll be four and two in the division compared to their three and three. Yeah, we would be four and two. No, they would be two and four. Two and four. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, we would be four and two. They would be two and four. They would be eleven and five. We would be eleven and six. Right. But they would have the higher winning percentage because they've they've won the same amount of games, but they've lost less since they played less. But and I understand it. Like they didn't play it. It is what it is, and they do have the higher winning percentage. But it's because they didn't. They played one last game. But we beat them twice. Mm-hmm. We were four and two in the division. They're two and four. I feel like at that point, like yes, we do have one more loss, but it's because they have one less game. Right. Like we're a half game behind. I feel like it, it, with the better divisional record and we're undefeated against them in head-to-head matchup, I feel like that should be our division title. But I'm only a little bit biased in this situation. Well, I mean, I, I, do, I do agree with you in that, in that aspect because, um, you know, like, like you said, we've beaten them twice. We're 4-2 and two in the division. We are the better team at that point. Yeah, and well, and Lamar Jackson's not playing, so if we beat the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati with Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown as quarterback. Anthony Brown at quarterback. Uh, I think we earned it. Yeah, for sure. Especially with Anthony Brown more so than Tyler Huntley. Who knows? Anthony Brown might be a dog. Anthony Brown might be a dog. Also, Tyler Huntley pissed me off in his post-game conference when they were like, what, did, what were you seeing on that last play? He's like, honestly, I was just hoping someone would make a play. I saw that. I'm like, I bro, was... so you telling me you just threw it up? Yeah, I wasn't very happy about that like, either. You, you, fucking, you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, a lot of f bombs in this episode. Yeah, sorry guys. Yeah, apologies. Um, we used to be really bad with that. We we definitely calmed it down. We did, and a then, lot. And then and then this episode it just was... kind of flew off the rails. But you know what? We'll try to, we'll try to reel it back in. But who knows? Pardon, pardon. <laughs> you said my apologies. That's all I could think about. Um, so the way that they're gonna attempt to do the seating in the NFL for the AFC is gonna be a little fucky. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Um like they're like they're going to consider neutral sites for AFC title games if it comes down to it. The, Speaking of that, I just saw on Twitter that the NFL asked if the Indianapolis Colts could host the AFC championship game if necessary. The city turned the league down. 
Why would you do that? Indianapolis turned down the NFL to host an AFC championship. They just lost so much revenue. Yeah. So much revenue. Anyway, continue. I just saw that. I saw that. I thought that was a good time to throw yeah, that in. Th- no, that that's that that that's really confusing. So they they would have to do a, a neutral site game to reinstitute competitive balance. Um, the exact scenarios of how everything can happen are very uh, very very confusing. The only thing that I know is that the Ravens can st- the Ravens lost the division or coming in second place in the division, but. They can still host a playoff game with a win against the Bengals, a Chargers loss. Chargers win. A Chargers win against the Raiders. Because then we retain the six seed. And then a flip of a coin. We have to win the flip of the coin against the Bengals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, the NFL really... Screwed the pooch. Really screwed the pooch on this one. Yep, they screwed, they screwed the pooch big time. So... Now, I ask you this. As a Ravens fan, what are you hoping is now the more likely is, is, is the final outcome? Because if the Chargers win, we play the Bengals. Yes. If the Chargers lose and we beat the Bengals, we play the Jacksonville Jaguars. We play the Jaguars. I'd if, rather play the Jaguars. If we lose and the, ja- and the Chargers lose, it doesn't fucking matter. I think I would rather... I think I would rather play the Jacksonville Jaguars than the Cincinnati Bengals in back-to-back weeks. Okay. Potentially both in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, the Ravens don't do well in the playoffs against division opponents. At least from my uh, my fandom has started for the uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, granted, most of that was uh, Joe Flacco era. Against the Steelers, yeah. Against the Steelers. A very, very stout Steelers uh, defense. That was, dude. Can I be honest? I miss those Ravens Steelers games. Yeah, so do I. I missed the games. Reco- I missed the game where Courtney Upshaw completely lowered the, laid out some dude on a punt return, put his hand out to pick him up, and then pulled it away as soon as the dude reached his hand up. I missed those days. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Those days were so good. Heinz Ward getting into fights with, uh, you know, like Samari Roll out there, and mm-hmm. like, like, dude, that like. Those are the days. Bart Scott hitting uh hitting Ben Roethlisberger so hard he almost knocks off his head. Sprains his nose. You remember that? Hello, Lon- did that. He punched him. In, he punched him in the nose. With yeah. His visor. Yeah. They they told him. Uh, they said on on air. I think it was Chris Collinsworth said he sprained his nose. I'm like, how do you sprain your nose? Yeah. Like, no, his his they, nose was. They looked crooked. over at it. and It was like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like it literally looked like one of Vecna's victims from <laughs> from Stranger Things. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was it was broken in like three different places and I'm like that's not a sprain. Yeah, no. I'm like 8 and I know that. Come on, Chris. You're right. an idiot. He is an idiot. He you is know, an idiot. You know it's funny. So um I watched the game with Steph and her dad. Yeah. Uh her like her her dad her dad is a fan of the Ravens, but he's the type of fan that he's like okay, cool. They're doing well. But he's not going to devote his—he's not going to devote eighteen weeks out of the season to sit down and watch him. Which I don't blame him. That's hey, you know what? It's—it's it's a lot of dedication, right? You're, you're going to miss some things, right? Oh yeah, it, yeah, it, it is—it is a lot of dedication. Um, but literally, I turn on the game. First voice you hear is Collinsworth. He's like, "I fucking hate Chris Collinsworth." I'm thinking, "Oh my god, yes." You know what? I like you. I'm like, I cannot stand Chris Collinsworth. There are three dudes that I do not ever want to hear call a game. Collinsworth. Charles Davis. And Tony Romo. Booger McFarlane. 
Blogger McFarlane's an idiot. <laughs> Three dudes I don't want to hear call a game. You can throw in Tony Romo there, too. You can throw in Tony Romo. Uh, Charles Davis Charles Davis has ruined for me because of Madden. Yeah. I hear him too much playing Madden. Yeah. Charles Davis actually isn't that bad of an announcer, but I hear him all the time when I play Madden. So. Yeah. And he says generic dumb shit on Madden so that it just ruins it for me in real life. Well, of course, in Madden, you have to say generic <laughs> dumb stuff that goes for anything. That applies to everything. Yeah. Well, I know that. Yeah. I know that. Um, but so can I can I tell you what I I heard a I heard an, an option for how they should uh, how they should do this, and and quite honestly, I don't know that I'm I'm firmly against it. So, what they what was suggested is for this year and this year only, we have an eight game playoff or an eight team eight team playoff. On each side. Forgo week 18. Hmm. Everybody gets a buy. That way there's no competitive imbalance. Everybody gets a buy. What would suck is someone like the Tennessee Titans who sat all their players last week to play for the division title this week. It kind of, it kind of, they kind of get fucked over because now they're going to miss the playoffs. But you would have the team, you would have, like, this is how the playoffs would sit currently if that was the case so we would take this sunday off next week starts the playoffs Hmm. miami dolphins going into kansas city new england patriots going into the buffalo bills the baltimore ravens going into the cincinnati Bengals, and the los angeles chargers going into the jacksonville jaguars and then proceed as normal kansas city would then play the lowest remaining seed and the buffalo bills would play the lowest remaining seed. Provided they win. Yes. Yeah. The highest seed plays the lowest remaining seed. Yeah. So on and so forth. In the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles would host the Detroit Lions. Hmm. The San Francisco 49ers would host the Seattle Seahawks. The Minnesota Vikings would host the New York Giants. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would host the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. I... I mean, I feel for teams that, like, the Packers, like, they just have to beat the Lions this week, and they're in. They miss out on the playoffs. I'm sorry, but it ain't Nate. It is what it is. I feel bad for someone like uh, the Tennessee Titans, who, if they just win this week and they're in, I don't feel bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I'm a Ravens fan, so whatever. Um, I don't feel for you. Um, Sorry. But... I mean, realistically, I'm not, I'm not totally against that. No, I mean that'd be really, that'd be really tough to pull off. That'd be really confusing to pull off. Eh. But it could work. I don't think it would be that confusing because you just you have it set the way it is. That I mean, you you would have. I mean, it, you would piss a lot of people off. I think they already pissed a lot of people. Well, off. yeah. Um. But I mean, like we said, there's there's no real there's no real great way to uh, to spin this. Like somebody gets the short end, but I think that this mess this 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 is more confusing than just going to an 18 playoff and skipping week 18. That's a good point. Um, I mean, there's a lot of money to be lost in doing that, so I that's probably like the why they ended up not doing it, but. I, I like the idea itself. I'm not. I'm not totally against it. Yeah. But we're gonna run into the issue this week of like 
let's say the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals both win and Kansas City loses. Well, at that point, Kansas City would be 13 and 4. The Buffalo Bills, well, I guess they would still or no, Buffalo Bills would be 12 and 4. Cincinnati Bengals would be 12 and 4. Well, at that point, both teams would be 3 and 3 in the division mm. and 8 and 3 in the conference. Who like does does Cincinnati still get it because they have one more win? Like Right. Or it's not Cincinnati, Kansas City. Like they'd be thirteen and four. The other two teams would be twelve and four. So I guess technically they would have the higher higher winning percentage. So like Kansas City, they they've locked it up. Yeah. Well, I guess if Buffalo wins, they might get it. But I don't like there's a there's so much there's so much confusion that goes on. There really is. Yeah, I mean I mean I'll give the NFL credit. They did the best they could. this this was an unwinnable situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know that they did the best they could, but they did something. I mean, I think they, I think they did the best they could with the with what they were given. You know, um, you know they they were they were kind of thrown into this very very shitty situation where they had to figure out something that was the fairest for everyone. I think they did the best they could without just completely revamping their entire playoff format. I mean, I I don't know. I I personally think they should have just given each team a tie. I'd have been fine with that. Yeah. We still lose the division title, but at least it's clear cut that we lost the division. Right. Yeah, if 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 the Ravens win and they win the coin toss and we host the Bengals, then who then I'll tell you I'll I'll tell you this much. If the Bengals happen to lose to a Tyler Huntley slash Anthony Brown led Ravens team at home and then have to go to Baltimore the next week to see Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson will be in that game. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean regard re- regardless of where the game is at, Lamar Jackson will play in the wild card. He will not miss that game. I think I think personally, if the if the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals game continued and Buffalo won, and this game Sunday was Lamar would have played this Sunday too. I yes, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. I think if the if the division title was on the line, Lamar was playing. Yeah, but since he's, since since it's not on the line, if all we have to play for is just hosting a game, potentially, that, yeah, poten- potentially hosting a playoff game, I think they they wouldn't risk it. Um, but if the if the division crown was on the line, he would have played. But I think Lamar's healthy enough to play, but he's not healthy. But like why why give, put him out there? Give him another week, he'll be he'll be healthy. Yeah, why put him out there for yeah. a game that means legitimately practically nothing? Yeah. What do we move up a spot and go to the five seed, maybe, if the Chargers lose? Right. Which I don't even know who they play. Broncos. Raiders. No. They play Vegas. Do they? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, they play Vegas this week. You might you might actually be right. No. Chiefs do. Saturday. Turkey. So they play Denver? Yeah, in Denver. Oh, shit. Ain't no way they're going to lose that game. <laughs> I don't know. De- Denver, Denver might pull their head, head out of their ass. Maybe maybe we'll see a vintage Russell Wilson performance. He might throw the ball behind his back. And maybe that, that'll make people say, okay, the Broncos figured it out. <laughs> it was Nathaniel Hackett the all whole, along. The time. You guys just waited till week 15 to do something about but, it. But, you know, I'll tell you. You know, I see. I see it from the other side of the coin. You know, the one team that really got 
fucked the most, in my opinion. It was, pro- it was probably the Bengals. Oh, for sure, because they get the division title. But there's but now there's the possibility that if they lose, they could ha- they have to go to the, they have to go on the road. They reap none of the benefits. No, they don't host a play. They potentially don't host a playoff game. They have a first place schedule next year. Yeah, which means they'll have to play the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, Bills, and more than likely the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, which Inst- that's an improving team. That is an improving team. Instead of playing, um, I believe it would be the Dolphins. The Titans, the Chargers, and the Chargers, yeah, yeah, that makes a difference. And then on top of that, they would have to play, they have to play the Vikings next year as well. Yep, as opposed to the Ravens having to play the Giants again. No, we would play either the Packers or the Lions. The NFC North. I'm talking about the six seed. Because week week seventeen you play you played the team that finished in the same position as you did. I thought it was in the uh division. It's division. No, it's conference. Is it conference? Yeah. You sure? Yes. Because I thought it was um every it's the team that you play or the division you played two years prior. You play based on that standing. Which is why we played the Giants this year. And why we played the Rams last year. I'm pretty sure it's based off division. I thought it was based on conference standing. I think it's division. Like it's, 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 like, it's like teams playing late conferences. Well, let me see here. Who did... Pause. Pretty sure it's division. So we would, like... It's the difference between playing the Vikings or playing the Lions or the Packers. To be honest with you, I'd rather play the Vikings. <laughs> if I'm just being honest. Okay, I must have. My, I'm. I'm. I. I don't know where I got that from then. Yeah, yeah. So we play. We'll play the NFC North. We will play the second place team of the NFC North next year, and then the following year. We will play the NFC South. South, yeah, based on standings. Mm-hmm. And then the year after that will be the NFC East. Or West. It'll be West and East. That's too damn confusing. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Either way, so, <sighs> seedings. If Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, a Bills and Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. If not Indianapolis. Not not Indianapolis. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Bills and Chiefs championship game would still be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Bills or Bengals versus Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site um and then like you said if the ravens win on sunday over the Bengals and are matched against cincinnati in an afc wild card game the site would be determined by a coin flip if cincinnati wins or the if the two teams are not matched against each other after a potential ravens win 
regular scheduling procedures would be used. So basically, where does the two-man sack race come into play? Uh, that's 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 uh, that we will. That's a different sport. Sorry. That's a different sport. That's, that's basketball. Basketball, right? Uh, so basically, if the AFC Championship game contains the Bills or Cincinnati, it will be played at a neutral location. Yeah. So if it's the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Chiefs host it. Right. If it's the Chiefs and the Chargers, the Chiefs host it. If it's the Bills and the Chargers, the Bills host it. The Bills host it. Yeah. If if the Bills or the or the Bengals are in the AFC Championship against one another or Kansas City, it'll go neutral. Yeah. It's only which, involving those top three assholes. Which at this point now, in order to make it as balanced as possible, I think the neutral site would probably be Detroit. I read that they're not in play. Really? They well, have like something else going on. Well, no, no, no. Because they're, they're, the best they can do is a seven seed. So they will not host a playoff game regardless. That's a good point. Okay. They they won't host it regardless. Something about they had something else going. Or oh, um, they're uh, they're redoing turf at the stadium. Hmm. They're using the time to do that because they can't host a playoff game. They might want to put a pin in that. Well, I think it's already in the works. Cause see, if it if you want to do it as balanced as possible, you have to do it in a uh, indoor stadium. I don't think you do. Because every team in the playoffs in the AFC is an outdoor team. It's not like it's the NFC where there's where there's what uh, Minnesota plays in a dome, Dallas plays in a dome, Detroit plays in a dome. So then, where would you put it? Because you want to do so, so, so these these are the things I think the NFL wants to do. Wants to do. You're not playing on turf. You're playing on grass. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna want to play on grass. You're gonna want to play. I think in a big market, a, a a city with an infrastructure big enough to host the fan base of, at bare minimum, the Bills and the Chiefs, which are probably two of the biggest fan bases in the in the NFL. Yeah. Um. And then you also have to take you also have to take into consideration. Teams that are not going to be potentially competing, excuse me, for the for their NFC title. So you can't do Philly. Um, I mean, ideally, you would want to do you would want to do a spot that's convenient enough for all three teams to not have to travel across the damn country. Which I don't I don't know if I don't know if this uh, city has the infrastructure per se. Someone like the Carolina Panthers that doesn't was, seem unreasonable. That was my exact thought. It's probably a little bit closer for Kansas City than everybody else, but... But then again, I mean, from BWI to... The, I mean, the, the Bills, due to location, they're, they're taking the short end of the stick. Unless it happens in Detroit. Right. But then Kansas City would get the short end. But it's, even that's... I don't think that's that short. No. Detroit would be perfect. I agree. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit would be the the perfect place, and Minnesota would probably would probably probably be the second best. Yeah, but they're looking at a potential third yeah, or they, second seed. They they could they could potentially host the NFC title game. See, I was thinking somewhere like 
I mean, it would be a dome, but like Atlanta or New Orleans. Once again, that's a dome. But I'm saying you don't have to. You can, but you don't have to put it in a dome. Yeah. Because, I mean, the teams that are in the playoffs or potentially in the playoffs, Kansas City, outdoors. Buffalo Bills, outdoors. Bengals, outdoors. Jaguars, outdoors. Chargers. I guess they're technically a dome, but they're on the road anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Ravens, outdoors. Patriots, outdoors. Dolphins, outdoors. Steelers, outdoors. Titans, outdoors. I mean, Tennessee could be a spot as well. Um, if Miami, maybe. Miami, potentially. Um, I would say, I, I think maybe Tennessee over uh, Miami, just because the weather would be less harsh, like, like heat-wise. Like you got you got the Buffalo Bills used to it's probably like six degrees up there. Yeah. And they gotta go play in seventy degree probably well, it's probably like sixty in Miami. I'd say probably either Carolina or Atlanta are probably be, or would probably be the best best locations. I agree. I, I think I think that's the most reasonable. Um but that's just me. I don't know. I don't get paid to make those decisions. Or it'd be it would be shit because Cincinnati would Maybe maybe this would be the like the one benefit Cincinnati would have. Put it in Pittsburgh. Could put it in Pittsburgh. Legitimately, I think I think another option they could have done for all this situation is just flip a coin to see who wins this game between the Bills and the Bengals. They could if, we're, if we're going to flip a coin on Cincinnati hosting a home game or not, leave it up to a coin flip for them to win this game or not, and then they could play Baltimore for the division title. Yeah, you know that was that was re- that was really the big thing that stood out in my mind because. Again, like like I'm like I'm thinking about this from the Bengals' perspective. How pissed would you be if a you lose to Anthony Brown? Pretty upset. You'd be pretty upset. The Chargers win. Third string undrafted rookie. I'm pretty upset. The Chargers win, and you lose, and you lose that coin toss. Not only do you have to play Lamar Jackson, rest and played, it'd be five weeks at that point. Yeah. Fresh, healthy, ready, Lamar. As a person who's been to M&T Bank Stadium multiple times, I can tell I can tell you that, and I, I can I can even tell you from a, from a playoff perspective because I've been to the I've been to a playoff game before in M&T Bank Stadium. It's not a hostile environment. It's not. It, like football, like football at M&T Bank Stadium is how it always is. It's loud, it's passionate, but it's not necessarily hostile. Like you don't you don't feel like like you don't hear. Everybody around you saying "f this, f you," all that stuff. Like maybe, like maybe, like you, like you and I will say something to each other jokingly, but you don't have millions of fans, millions, thousands of fans, <laughs> thousands of fans. They really jammed them in there. I know. Um, you don't have thousands of fans yelling expletives all the time. The worst you're gonna get is a bullshit chant on a on a call, but that's directed at the refs. Right. Exactly. I will tell you this. If the Ravens happen to beat Cincinnati this week and they are and they win the coin toss, if, if if the Chargers win as well, there's a lot of ifs for this. I can guarantee you that will be a hostile environment. Oh yeah, that's going to be a very hostile environment. That will be very very hostile. I've got tickets lined up for the game. Do you? I do. Yes. Shout out. Shout out, Andrew. Shout out, Andrew. Um. So I hope it happens. I would love to go see another Ravens playoff game. Do I think it happens? No, but I can, I can tell you the Bengals will lose to the Ravens three times in a year if we get them again at home. 
I th- with with a healthy Lamar Jackson and the entire city, because because everybody's gonna be like Lamar, you got it, you got to show us something. You haven't played in five weeks. You want to get paid. Th- this is this is just how they think, because the people, unfortunately, the fans of the Baltimore Ravens, they're they don't really like smarts is not synonymous with the Ravens fans. Most other franchise fans hate Baltimore Ravens fans. Right. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they think Ray Lewis is a murderer. I don't know. Or, may, or maybe they're all just bitter that we still took the Cleveland Browns from them, which if, if you are, fuck you. Whatever. Every team has somebody that did something fucked up. Right. Some right. more than others. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think they should have just put this game up to a coin flip. Bills, Bengals, coin flip. Yeah. I, I, legitimately. Play, I know it, it out, play it out from there. I know it sounds weird, but that seems like it's the most fair. Yeah. Because at that point, at at that point, if the if the Bills, because you have a fifty fifty shot of who's of who's winning the game, it'd be like a real childish way to determine it. But at that point, it's like, okay, well, look, this is the commissioner. This is the end all be all. Whatever happens, we're sticking with. Fuck off. Fuck off. I don't care. Like legitimately, like it 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 makes flip a coin. Buffalo wins. The Bengals are playing for the division this weekend against the Ravens. Cincinnati wins. Now they're playing for the number one seed. Right. That seems the most fair. Either way, somebody benefits, somebody loses out. But that's how it works, and it's only these, these two teams that are affected. Plus the Ravens. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, the Ravens had a shot at not even playing for the division title this weekend anyway. Right. Like, the Bengals, the Bengals were winning that game. They could have won the game. Who, who the hell knows? We'll, right. We will never know. But... Either way, that game was going to affect the Ravens one way or another, so at least leave it up to fate. The only other way they could do this is maybe have a rock-paper-scissors tournament between the teams. Could you imagine? Oh, they could play, um... They could play Duck-Duck-Goose or something. They could play Beyblades. They could play Beyblades. I really really got you with that one, didn't I? You did get me on that one. They could have a dance competition. (laughs) Like, uh, Stomp the Yard? (sighs) Like, Stomp... Yes. Yes, just like Stomp the Yard, honestly. That would be I, perfect. I don't know, man. I think the two-man sack race would definitely be the way to go. I, uh, you know what, personally? Yeah. Two-man sack race on consecutive Sundays until we determine a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out basketball. Legitimately, coin flip for this game. Somebody wins, somebody loses, and it works out. Cincinnati wins. They can still play for the number one seed, and they don't get screwed over. Buffalo wins. They still can play for the number one seed. Cincinnati still wins the title, or st- still has a chance to win the division title and hold all the benefits from it from hosting a playoff game mm. and everything like that. Yeah. I, a coin flip, honestly, if we're going to decide, or if we're going to potentially decide a game, a future game on a coin flip, why not just decide this one on a coin flip? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... At this point... Demar Hamlin's up and awake and doing things. Let him flip the coin. Because I mean, at like at this point now, like regular season, home field advantage doesn't really play too into too big of an advantage, one way or another. But best believe, I could I could say so. I this is another game that I've talked about all the time. In addition to the Orioles playoff game, the game that I went to was the division round against the Titans. The year Lamar Jackson won MVP. Yes. The like the fans were in it the whole time. Whole time. The whole time. We, we lost by 16 damn points. Yeah. We were in it the entire time. It's not like there was a period. It's not like there was like a lull and we're like, oh, we're fucked. We're All fucked. Right. No, they were like, we were up cheering the entire time. 
Well, and then Kansas City loses out because they're one of the most hostile environments, and they're one of the loudest stadiums in NFL in the NFL. So they are they might potentially miss out on hosting a playoff game or the AFC Championship. Like if if the Chiefs have to play the Bills in the AFC Championship game, and the Chiefs have the number one seed, now they're going to go play at a neutral site, and they lose that that environment. There's a difference between playing in Kansas City in the regular season and playing in the AFC Championship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, to take it a step further, you know, you're, I mean, now the NFL is giving game revenue to another city that's not involved. That's what I'm saying. So, like, now now there's going to be money that's lost from it. I, I don't know. It like, if what they should do is they should put the NFC, they should just do an NFC title game at a neutral site, too. I think what we should do at this point, hear me out here, new idea, brainstorm, I'm here. Okay. Right now, AFC standings are Kansas City Bills, Kansas City Bills, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, I was I said Kansas City and then I said Bills. Yeah, I know. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Jags, Chargers, Ravens, Patriots, NFCs, Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Bucks, Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks. AFC plays in NFC stadiums. NFC plays in AFC stadiums. Boom. No. Idea. Done. No. no. Mic dropped. Let's switch the whole fucking thing up. This is going to be fun. Kansas City Chiefs play the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles would play the Patriots. One versus seven on alternating conferences. But that wouldn't work because there's 14 teams, you dumb dumb. You would need to add two more teams in order to make it even. Okay, so we'll, okay, we'll give the Eagles and the Chiefs a bye. Okay. They still get a buy. Bills would play the Seahawks. And the Niners would play the Patriots. The Bengals would play the Giants. <laughs> and the Vikings would play the Ravens. Good luck. Good luck, Minnesota. You need it. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars would play the Cowboys. <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would play the Chargers. God bless Tom Brady's health. God bless. And then we just figure it out from there. <laughs> the Chiefs and the Eagles would then play the two lowest remaining seeds. You know, and I'm, so on and so forth. And know, then we legitimately get a Super Bowl with the two best teams in the NFL. I'm not going to lie to you. That would be a very, very interesting concept to do. Instead of having seven teams from each conference go to the playoffs, you just have the best 14 teams go. And then, then you end up with the best two teams in the Super Bowl. That'd be a really, really interesting concept. We'll still still do it on conferences like this. Like, still break it down like this, but just, hey, you know what's at stake. Ravens, as it sits right now, you're going into Minnesota. But if Baltimore moved up into the five seed, they would have to go into Tampa Bay. Again. We'd wax that ass again. <laughs> we probably would. Uh, I don't, dude, it's a fun concept. I don't it, know. It is. It, it definitely is a fun concept. I don't know. I think eliminating the whole... I could come up with a hundred different scenarios that would be fun. We, you really could. Yeah. My brain works in a mysterious way. Just do it how they do it in like... Uh, the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Do it how they do it in, um, in soccer where the... Where the the best team in each uh, 
in each league just is automatically the champion. Ah, dude, every division's pool play. Could you imagine? <laughs> Holy shit, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Roger Goodell calls. <laughs> Roger Goodell. What's up, man? <laughs> send, us, send us an email. We got some ideas, dude. We got some ideas. I got 10 more. I got 10 more in the chamber right now. Couldn't tell you what they are. I got to think about it, but I got, I got more ideas. But they're in the chamber. That's they all are. you need to know, Roger. They, de- they are definitely in the chamber. Roger, I'm fucking here for you, brother. Uh, oh, damn. Uh, but this week, uh, we do got some meaningful matchups coming up. Um, some that do do mean something. Like we said, uh, New England going into Buffalo, that game means something for Buffalo and New England. They got to win to stay in. Um, if they lose, they are shafted. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore going into Cincinnati. We've talked about that quite a bit. No need to get into that anymore. Uh, Jets going into the Dolphins. This is going to be a battle of the shit show. This is going to be Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco. Can't wait, man. For a chance to go to the playoffs. Cannot wait. Well, not for Joe Flacco. What do you mean? Just are out. Yeah. They've been eliminated. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Scott Thompson. City's on your shoulders. Don't drop it. Uh, Pittsburgh. At, or they're hosting Cleveland. They need like a slew of things to happen. They need to win. Uh, they need the Dolphins to lose. And I think they need the Patriots to lose as well. So they're, they're hoping and they're praying on a lot of different things. Uh, Chargers going into Denver like we previously stated. Chargers win. They, they keep the five. If they lose, they drop down to the six. Uh, the Giants are going into Philadelphia to play them. This game has some meaning. If Philadelphia loses this, which New York already said they plan on, they're planning on uh, benching most of their starters, most of their key players. Um, if Philadelphia loses this, they could potentially drop out of that one spot. Yeah. San Francisco, um, they are hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Once again, they're they're playing. Uh, they're trying to keep their spot. In there as well. Um, I think I glossed over uh, the Vikings, wherever in the hell they are. Yeah, they're going into Minnesota. <clears throat> they have to. They have to keep winning too. Um, and I was actually wrong earlier. So Dallas can win the one seed hmm. um, if San Francisco and Philadelphia both lose, and Dallas wins. They take over the one seed. Interesting. So Dallas has a ton on the line at Washington. Um, Seattle, they're playing, they're hosting the, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, if they win, I they need Detroit to win. So Seattle plays at 4 o'clock. Uh, the Sunday night game is Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay wins, they're in, regardless of what Seattle does. If Seattle wins, they need Green Bay to lose, and they're in. And if Seattle loses... What? All you can hear is the Kenny thing, can't you? No, I just thought of a spit swapping makeout match. <laughs> okay. I I don't I don't know what I don't know what made me I don't know what made me think of that, but I you know what I don't either. That could be another alternative to to to, to determine who goes to host the game between the Bengals and the Ravens. Yeah, who could do that too? Um, but if Detroit wins and Seattle loses, then Detroit would take over the seven seed. I'm pulling for Detroit, man. So I do that. I mean, yeah, that, that, we, we talked about we talked about that on Tuesday. They're my pick to win. They're part of my money line and spread. 
let's get into that. Let's get into Shall it. We? We've we've rambled on enough about that. Um, I honestly, I do have the Jets at plus three. Um, going into Miami, I trust Joe Flacco more than I trust Skylar Thompson. Yeah. Um, okay. This I, I picked them on Tuesday. Um, they were at plus one. It has since went up to plus three, which is very favorable for me. Um, plus three is minus one hundred five, and then I have the Lions money line plus one ninety eight. Win. Hope you get in. Hopefully, like I mean, they'll know going into this game what's at stake. Like, if Seattle wins, Detroit knows they're done and they're just playing spoils to Green Bay. Right. But Green Bay knows that if Seattle, like whatever happens, Green Bay just has to fucking win. They just have to handle business. Right. That Seattle game only gives a damn to Detroit. Right. Detroit's got something to play for. I think that they can win this game. We heard Marcus Spears talking about it earlier. We've seen teams go into Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in January. That team was the 49ers. Yeah. What did the 49ers do pretty damn well? They run the, run ball. the ball. That's another thing the Lions do very well also. Yeah, and, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, that's a pretty good one-two monster they got this year. Yeah. And uh, I like Detroit there. Okay. Well, I'm going with um, – so so my picks are kind of motivated in another, in another reason. So for my, <clears throat> for my spread, I'm taking – and this is – this this holds a lot of significance, actually. I'm taking the Texans a plus two and a half. Okay. The Texans are going to fuck themselves out of the number one pick. Can they actually? They can. I thought it was lock and key that they had that. They, it is not lock and key. Whoa. What a bunch of dum-dum butts. It is not, it is not going to be lock and key. There's no way they do that, right? Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. Because based off of standings... Let's see, who would they lose it to? The Bears? Yes. That's not the end of the world. No. They would, they, would, they would pick up the number two seed. The number two pick. Number two pick. Yeah. And, but I think, I think the Texans are going to beat the Colts, who I think the Colts are the worst team in the NFL. Legitimately. I think they're the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. But, I mean... They weren't. I didn't expect them to be good, especially if they brought in after they brought in Jeff Saturday. Um, but I think they did that on purpose. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was kind of a intentional tank that didn't look like an intentional tank. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a. It was smoke and mirrors. Yeah, they brought him in with the with a thought of, okay, well, look, we're gonna give this guy a try. But I think I think Ursay knew damn well that Jeff Saturday had no business being on the sideline. He's just trying. He's just trying to position himself to get a good. A better quarterback. It's all reward with no none of the risk. Right. Jeff Saturday pans out. He's a damn good coach. Which you got your coach for next year, and you won some football games this year with a potential to win the division. Right. Exactly. And if it if it doesn't work out, you're parlaying yourself into a, a, a top five pick and getting your and getting your choice of whoever Houston doesn't pick. Exactly. So, I, we can say this was a terrible move by Jim Irsay. Irsay, however you pronounce it. I personally, I think it's it's genius. I mean, it was it was a terrible move, but in in when you think about it in in another light, it, it was it was pretty genius. But yeah, I mean, once I realized that uh, Houston can only lose it to Chicago, Chicago's not drafting Bryce Young number one overall, especially after Justin Fields has taken the steps and uh, leaves no. that he has. Um, it, maybe if Justin Fields shit the bed again this season, potentially they might. Um, and 
probably move off of him and be, like get something back. But yeah, Justin Fields is the guy there in Chicago. He's not going anywhere. So even if Houston fucks this up, um, no, I mean, see, 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 the whole thing for Chicago was is all they needed, all they needed Justin Fields to do was show progression, which he showed m- much more than that. He showed he showed that given a better offensive line much more weapons as well. I mean I mean what he has there now is is pretty sufficient. I mean shit Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, well not Cole Komet. But you give you give Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney to 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 Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, trust me. Offense is a lot better. I mean legitimately the only thing that can mess up Houston is if Chicago if they win and Chicago jumps into the number 1 spot and then Chicago trades out of that to like someone like the Panthers, which I think they do. And then the Panthers are like, "Ha." F you. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the so Chicago Bears I, are like, ah. So for I I I think I think the Texans are going to screw themselves out of this. Oh, that'd be so fun. They're going to win this game and um they're going to uh give Chicago a nice gift of the number 1 overall pick. If I'm Lovey Smith, I'm starting like Brevin Jordan at quarterback. <laughs> Might as well. And then uh, for my for my money line, I'm also picking in. I'm also staying in the NFC and uh, in, in the AFC South for the winner of the AFC South to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shout out to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean Jacksonville was a very very trendy pick at the beginning at the beginning of the season to be a um, to be a worst to first team in their division. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna pull it off. They're going to go on to beat the Titans, eliminate them from playoff contention, and get Mike Verbal fired. And get Mike Verbal <laughs> fired. I think uh, he might be. Um, personally, just from someone that uh, loves the game of football and loves good football, um, I would much rather see Justin Herbert go play Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Than Justin Herbert go play Ryan jo- Tan or no Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Yeah. yeah. Christ. Although Josh Dobbs didn't look too bad. He didn't, but he he has nowhere near enough. Firepower on that offense in order to oh, make it God, work. no. No, their offense is abysmal. Yeah, they're pretty dead. Their offense is worse than the Ravens. At least at least the Ravens can consistently run the ball with more than just one player. That is fair. That is fair. Um so kind of a so kind of a nice segue into um the next topic here with the NFL. Um Monday is a is Sort of a holiday, not really, not really a holiday in the NFL. It's called Black Monday. It's normally the day where all the teams that aren't going to hang onto their coach get fired. All right, well, let's talk about it. Who we got? So, of course, we already have um, the Carolina Panthers. They already fired Matt. They fired Matt Rule at the beginning of the season. Yes. And Nathaniel Hackett has been fired as the coach of the Denver Broncos. And Frank Reich in Indianapolis. And Frank Reich in Indianapolis. I forgot about him. Um, so, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the rest of the NFL, I don't think there's too many other firings that are going to happen. Um, Arizona, Arizona, for sure. I think Cliff Kingsbury is out of there. You know, uh, this, this is something that I've wanted to say for a while. The Cliff Kingsbury hiring always confused me. It's not like he was this world beater in college. Yes. He had Patrick Mahomes there. He also had Baker Mayfield. Sure did. And Kyler Murray. The teams still sucked. Yes, they did. And so, so it's not, it's not it's not like he did these wonders with these three guys in college because the teams were bad. I never saw the big hype behind him coming to the NFL. 
I think he well, he was just he's an off he's a young offensive guy. And that and that's fine, but I mean, like if you like if you look the rest if you look at those teams, they like offensively in, in, in Texas at Texas Tech when he was there, they were never top five top ten offenses in college. That's true. I I mean that's that's just what that's what they brought him in to be was a young offensive guy. I mean everybody wants to emulate you know the Sean McVay, the Sean McVay, the the Kyle Shanahan's. Right, and I get that I do, but he was that was a question of one. I did see that, and I think this is so stupid, but bad teams make bad decisions. I saw something that apparently there's rumors that the Dolphins may fire Mike McDaniels, which is by far the dumbest thing that they could possibly do, because Mike McDaniels was not the issue. No. And if Mike McDaniels is fired, he might be the most sought-after head coach Yeah, I mean, ahead of Sean Payton, because nobody has to trade for him. Right. I mean, it, yeah, if, if Mike McDaniel gets fired, that'd be, that'd be a very questionable decision there by Miami. Um, yeah, they're on a five-game losing streak. Could potentially extend it to six if the Jets pull it off, which you think they will. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a really questionable move to fire Mike McDaniel, but... He's had to go to his third string quarterback twice this year. Right. Tua's got a concussion and in the games that Tua missed, Teddy Bridgewater got a concussion and then broke a finger. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think there's going to be more firings this year than than I actually think. Arizona Cardinals. Yep, Arizona's there'll be more job openings. Arizona that's, Cardinals. That's the key. Arizona Arizona will be open. Seattle will be open. Shocker. The Rams will be open. Think Sean McVay retires? I think he does. Commanders. Commanders will be open. Patriots. I wouldn't go that far. I think Bill Belichick retires. Okay. So, the Patriots. Patriots will be open. Rams. Seahawks. Cardinals. Cardinals. Commanders. Broncos. Broncos. Colts, Panthers. That's eight right there. And the Titans. Titans are nine. I'll be honest with you. I can see a world in where... Uh, Stefanski. I, I could see a world where Stefanski is gone. I could also see a world where uh, New Orleans... Houston. Sa- Houston also. Yeah, Lovey Smith. I think New Orleans as well. Could you imagine 12 different head coaches getting hired in one offseason? There will be 8 to 12. 8 to 12 head coaching hires this year. This offseason. 8 to 12. That's your flooring shielding right there. 8 to 12. Well, Monday, we'll know who does get fired. Tuesday, we'll discuss it. And this is my challenge for us. Next Friday, we are going to predict who's going to be the new 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 head coaches of the teams that are fired. Okay. Huh. So we'll we'll start we'll start we'll start plotting on we'll start plotting throughout the week, and we'll say who we think is going to be the right guy for the job. All right, I'm going to have to come correct with some uh, with some game film. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a little. I'm going to have to do my research. But that'll just be something interesting to look forward to next next week of who we think is going to be the coaches. Yeah, yeah, it would be uh, it would be interesting, and I mean, there's one guy potentially coming out of college. He's rumored to be. Um, we're not there just yet. I know we're not there just yet, but he's he's rumored. Yeah, 
He's rumored, so that's 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 one guy. Uh, but we did do another mock draft today, and I am excited. We've actually we actually did two. We actually did two, and then we realized we messed up the first one, and we were like, April Fools, let's do a second. Yeah. So so the first so the first one that we did. Uh, so we 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 use uh Pro Football Focus's mock draft simulator in order to do our mock drafts. Um, the first one that we did, they didn't have the updated standings on there. 27 minutes ago, the Dodgers are designating Trevor Bauer for, for assignment. assignment. Yeah, I saw that. I was I was waiting to say something about that, but we're too talking. late. Yeah, I know. Um, so here we ha- here we ha- here we have the new updated mock draft, the Popping Home Sports Lab mock draft 2.0. Um, do you have a copy of this? No. You just want me to spout it off? Go for it. Okay. So start with the top five. So. As it sits right now, Houston Texans still have the number one pick. We still have them taking Bryce Young. Um, number two, the Bears. We have them going with Will Anderson. Number three, the Seattle Seahawks. We have them taking Jalen Carter. Number four, Arizona. We have them taking Peter Skronsky. And number five, we have the Colts taking C.J. Stroud. Um, I believe this actually held true from last week, except for C.J. Stroud. Uh, Yeah. Um, can you give me uh? Can you give me positions when you read these off? I can. My apologies. Bryce Young is a quarterback. Bryce Young's a quarterback. Will Anderson is an edge rusher. Jalen Carter is a de- is an interior defensive lineman. Peter Skronsky is a tackle, and C.J. Stroud is also a quarterback. Perfect. So, I our last mock draft we had Will Levis going fifth to the Colts instead of C.J. Stroud. Um, after what C.J. Stroud did against Georgia's defense. I think he established himself as the number two quarterback be, to be taken. Yeah. Um, Arizona, they need a lot of help on the offensive line. Peter Skronsky out of Northwestern is the best offensive lineman prospect in the draft. Um, people say that people have their opinion on um, Paris Johnson, another guy from Ohio State being the number one guy, but I think it's Peter Skronsky. And then Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, um, they're the two best prospects in the draft. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jalen Carter was Jalen Carter was better than all the Georgia guys that got drafted last year, which says something because one of them went number one overall. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and, and Will and Will Anderson, he's I mean he's he's a dog in himself, and then Bryce Young, uh, looking like he's gonna be the number one pick. Um, so that is um, that's where we're at right now. Um. Top five, not really a whole lot of discussion there. Really starts to kick off here um, as we keep going. At number six, from the Detroit Lions, we have them taking Keely Ringo, um, cornerback out of Georgia, followed up with um, the Atlanta Falcons taking Cam Smith, cornerback from South Carolina. Uh, at number eight, we have the Las Vegas Raiders taking quarterback Will Levis from Kentucky. And at number nine, we have the Carolina pa- Carolina Panthers taking Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. And at number ten, we have the Philadelphia Eagles taking Brian Brees, um, interior defensive lineman from the University of Clemson. Thoughts, Holman? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, both have the offensive side of the ball pretty well figured out. Um, Detroit Lions, a little, I'd say, a little bit more than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their offensive just produced more. Um, Where are you getting Jaguars from? Didn't they? Didn't we have them drafting? 
No, it's Detroit, Atlanta, uh, Vegas, gotcha. Carolina, the Eagles. I don't know. For some reason, I think they were still in there from before. Um, either way, uh, Detroit needs some secondary help. They uh, they go secondary there. Um, Atlanta just has so many needs. Good Lord. I mean, they could take a quarterback. They could take a running back. They could take offensive line. They could take another receiver. They could take defense, secondary, you know, for, linebacker. For Atlanta, you know, they ha- they have a couple good building pieces to begin with. Tyler Algier is looking like a really, really good quality back yeah. uh, for them. Um, but I think um, our what we ultimately decided on was they need another running mate for AJ, Ter- uh, AJ Terrell. Yeah. They're all pro, all pro corner. Um, so that definitely helps them out there. Yeah, well, I mean, they're a team that right now they're looking to run the ball a ton. Um, so you have to have a secondary to run the ball because your plan is to to drain the clock, run the ball, wear down defenses. So other teams are going to have to score quickly. Right. Well, you got to defend the pass. Yep. Yeah, and, and having two two shutdown corners that definitely helps out a lot. Yeah. So that was that was the thought process there. Um, and then of course Vegas, they're planning on moving off Derek Carr uh, here in the here in the off season. Um, so taking Will Levis, people argue that he may be the, the top quarterback prospect. Me and Holman don't think he is. Um, I don't. We're also in agreement. We don't even think he's the number three, the number two quarterback prospect. No, he's. Uh, I think he's probably the number three. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty safely the number three uh, prospect. Uh, and then Carolina, they cannot go another offseason without taking a quarterback uh, in the first round. Luckily, Sam Darnold is playing pretty well, is playing pretty good football right now, so they can afford to wait to see what Anthony Richardson does. He is a project player. Well, um, Sam Darnold's a free agent after this season. They would have to bring him back. I think they would. I think they could get him back on on cheat deal and be like, hey, look, you played good for us. Let's see, you know, play, come back for a year and let's see what you can do again. Maybe. I don't but know. I'm not rolling it out. I'm just saying that he is, he would be a, he is scheduled to be a free agent. Yeah. Um. But Anthony Richardson being a product, you will hear us say that every single time we talk about him. Anthony Richardson is not going to be a, 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 a first-day guy. He's going to be like uh, Josh Allen when he came into the league. He's going to need a little reining in, a little work. He's, he's, he's to, to put it delicately, uh, or, to, or not delicately, to be blunt, he's going to look like shit when he gets to the NFL. He will. Yeah, he's going to miss some throws. Just He's such a raw product, but he has the size... He has speed. He can, he has a cannon. He looks like Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, so if if Carolina can get another Cam Newton, I don't think they're going to complain. Yeah, the 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 talent is there. Yes, it's just a matter of using it effectively and efficiently. The three quarterbacks that we've already named in the draft: Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. Those are three guys you will see starting for their respective teams day one. Maybe not Will Levis. I think I think they'll start with Levis. It all depends. Yeah. They, who knows? Vegas could bring in Will Levis and still bring in Tom Brady and just have have Will Levis sit behind Tom Brady for a year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be that'd be very interesting. Mike McDaniel has uh, or Mike McDaniel, Josh McDaniels has uh, some some connections there with Tom Brady. Yes, he does. He might be able to bring him in and be like, hey, jo- or, you know, Tom, let's let's run it back. Let's do a year. Can you also teach my young blood here how to how to play the quarterback position? Right. Just hone him in, refine his skills, all that shit. Yeah, I can see it. And then at number 10, Brian Brees going to Philadelphia Eagles. This is a guy who's had a lot of injury problems um, at Clemson. But when he's there, he is dominant. 
Yeah, and the Eagles they had they are up there in age in the defensive interior line. Uh, really, really on the defensive, really on the defensive general they are. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, I mean their defense, their interior defensive line is looking like uh, Fletcher Cox, Linval Joseph, um, and Dominican Sue, and. Jordan Davis. Those are their four. Jordan Davis, they obviously just drafted last year, um, but they could use another young guy in there, give some of these older guys a little bit of a break. I mean, they got Josh Sweat, uh, who on the outside, um, Akeem Hicks on the outside, all of which are are getting up there in age, some more than others. But yeah, they they could use some youth there on the defensive line. Yeah. So, um, I mean, th- this is as long as he stays healthy. That him, Jordan Davis, that's gonna be a very tough. Uh, interior line to run against, and Brian Brees is a good is a good pass rusher too. That yeah. was some, that was something that he did good at Clemson. So, um, that's a pick I actually like a lot for the Eagles. Yeah, I had to talk you into it a little bit, but once I did, you were you were on board. Yeah, for it. yeah. Once once I thought about it, I was definitely on, I was definitely on board. Um, keep the train going a little a little bit here. Number eleven, we have the Tennessee Titans taking Quinton Johnson, a wide receiver, out of uh, TCU. Number twelve, we have the Houston Texans taking Miles Murphy, edge rusher from Clemson. 13, the Jets take Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. 14, Ohio State uh, tackle Parrish Johnson is going to the Commanders. At 15, the Steelers take Broderick Jones, the tackle from Georgia. Um, thoughts on these latest five? Uh, Tennessee would be stupid not to take Quentin Johnston there. Um, Quentin, They'd be stupid not to take a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. Quentin Johnston, um, if you ask me, is the best wide receiver in this draft class. Um, it's not up for discussion like it was last year. Me, personally, I thought that uh, Chris Olave was the best receiver coming into the draft. Um, everybody was really, really high on Drake London. Um, I personally, I had Drake London at three. I thought both Ohio State guys were better than Drake London. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. We'll see. It's only been a year. Um, but that was just me. I think Quentin Johnston, uh, he's big, and the dude can move. He's, yeah. he's got some buggy to him. Um, he's basically he's basically A.J. Brown, but can't bench press as much. He's just not, he's just not as muscular as A.J. Brown. Like he's, AJ, also, he's also taller than A.J. Brown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Traylon Burks kind of seems like he's a shithead. Um, and he's not he's not he's, panning out too well for know, him. I mean, it's been a year. He's starting to come into his own here on the later part of the season. But one guy is, I mean, Traylon, Traylon Burks is not A.J. Brown. A.J. Yeah. AJ Brown's the type of receiver that can carry an entire receiving core by himself. Well, he did it for years. Yeah, That's just not Traylon Burks. Yeah, um, Traylon Burks, I mean, he was a little bit of a project coming into the NFL anyway. He was not a refined talent by right. any means, but um, there was only a select few receivers that were refined talent coming into that draft. Right. Um. Robert Woods is probably gone as well. I think um, he's going to be a uh, salary cap casualty. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to move off of him. Get another guy. You need another receiver if you're going to go with Malik Willis because Ryan Tannehill's gone as well. Um, if you if you're going to go with Malik Willis, dude, who the hell's maybe they rock with Josh Dobbs? Maybe that's their guy. Regardless regardless of who's throwing the ball, a, a, he's got to throw it to somebody. A six foot four target is nice. It's nice to have. Never hurts. Ne- never hurts. I mean, if you, if you saw the national championship game. Um, and saw what he did on that on that it was just a short shallow cross yep that he housed for 70 yards yep he just turned it upfield made a guy miss and then he was gone yeah um and then the i believe we had the texans taking miles murphy i'm not looking at it so i'm going off yep. memory here um texans they need help all across the board uh they got their guy they got their quarterback they need some help on the defensive side of the ball miles murphy can help get after the pass uh get after the quarterback, quarterback a little yeah. bit words are hard 
Um, and and kind of kind of go into it. Another one thing that me and Holman discussed as well um, between Miles Murphy and Brian Brees, who are the two the two defensive prospects here for Clemson that are really in consideration for the top fifteen. Um, Miles Murphy's the safer of the two. He's he's had less injury issues, and you know what you're going to get out of him. It's been more durable up to this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the durability def- definitely does help out a lot. Um, so he he was also in consideration to go number ten as opposed to Brian Brees. Um, but um, the Eagles are going for upside, um, rather than this the safe pick. This this would be a, a a really really good pick for um for Houston. Yeah, yeah, great pick all around. Um, I personally think that they probably move off one of those picks for Sean Payton, but that's just me. Well, I don't know. I'm also an idiot. We also we also said before we no trades. This, no, yeah, no no trades. We'll get a little fancy with it later on. I'll trade every single pick. <laughs> right. I'll give, do a mock draft with it. Trade at every single spot. I don't give a fuck. I will. I don't care. Nobody will draft in the first round. We'll have we'll have uh, sixty three second round picks. Could you imagine? Yes. Um. Number 13, we have Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson's a bit of a project coming from Texas, uh, Texas Tech. Um, he's, he's, he's refined, but he's still a bit of a project. Adding another guy to giving, give, a, give to Robert Sala. Um, say what you want about him and his offensive, offensive philosophies uh, for that team. He's a damn good defensive coach. Yeah, he knows what he's doing on that side of the ball. He may not be able to get the offensive side right, but he can get the defense right. Right. Um, and then for the Commanders and the Steelers, they both need offensive line help. Paris Johnson and Roderick Jones. Um, they're also they're Roderick Jones, not so much with Paris Johnson. He's in consideration to be that best tackle along with Peter Skronsky. Uh Roderick Jones is definitely the I think the factor number three. Um, but still, Steelers getting a one of the best linemen in the draft at number fifteen. Uh I don't think either of those two teams complain. No, both of them need line help. Uh Steelers have the quarterback position figured out. They they're gonna rock with Kenny Pickett for uh for a couple of years, see what he's got in the tank. Commanders, they need help at quarterback, but um, for the commanders, this pick could be on the move depending on what they do with the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean they could they could be in the market for Derek Carr. Honestly, yeah. they should be. If they're not if they pull themselves from that and they're not even considering it, then then shame on them. Yeah. I mean, you can't rock with Taylor Heineke and Sam Howe forever. Depending on what Sam Howe does this weekend. Uh, you could make an argument for maybe a guy like maybe they take a flyer on Tanner McKee from Stanford to play quarterback. I, that's that that's a stretch. That dude's built like an oak tree. He is built like an oak tree. That's a stretch at fourteen. Um, but if they can get the right guy to maybe unlock his potential and get him to to and take his game to to another level, maybe it'll work out. But also depends on who's head coach there. Right. That 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 that's what I was referring to. Yeah. Um. But but right now the way it sits, we're gonna have them taking um, Paris Johnson. Yep, good pick. Um, to keep things going, Green Bay is picking 16th. Um, we have them taking Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. At 17, uh, the Detroit Lions are gonna take Nolan Smith, edge rusher from Georgia. 18, the Seattle Seahawks are going to take Isaiah Foskey, uh, edge rusher out of Notre Dame. At 19, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Antonio Johnson, safety from Texas A&M. And then at 20, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to take Jalen Jones, the corner from Texas A&M. So two Aggies going back-to-back here in the first round. Yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers are set to have something somewhere around the, the realm of like six or seven free agents on the defensive side of the ball alone. Yeah. Um, so they're going, to have to, they're going to have to reload a little bit. Um, that corner out of Texas A&M, 
he's a damn good corner. He would help. Uh, plug and play kind of guy. Um, Jalen Jones is is he, he's he's lined up across the board as well in the slot outside. You know he can re- he can really do anything from the corner perspective. Um, so that would definitely be a, a great acquisition for the uh, for the Buccaneers that they were if they were able to get him at twenty. Yeah, and Pro- then, provi- provided everything holds true as it is. Absolutely. And then uh, Isaiah Foskey, who do we have him going to? Seattle. Seattle. Um, he was a guy that I did not know he had uh, two seasons in a row where he had eleven sacks. Um, so he's been getting it done. He's been getting after the passer. That's what you need. Um, they brought in Jalen Carter earlier in the draft, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we had. Yeah. They brought in Jalen Carter. Then they bring in an edge rusher, two defensive line. Guys, go get the guy. Go get get in the backfield. Get the rusher. Get the rusher. Christ, I can't talk right <laughs> That's now. That's all right. Um, get the quarterback. Get the running back. Get in the backfield. Just tackle for loss. And you know that, I mean, normally here, I would say you go defensive lineman. If if defense is such a big need like it is for Seattle, probably corner is um is pro- is probably going to be a good pick to pair along with a great interior defensive lineman like Jalen Carter. But last year in the draft, Seattle really hit on their two corners, taking Tariq Woolen and taking Kobe Bryant. Um, the two of them starting, they're playing incredibly well. They're on the outside for them, um, so it's really now just a matter of getting after the passer. I want to say um, Seattle was, I think, in the bottom five in the league in sacks. So adding Jalen Carter, adding Foskey, getting two guys who can get after the quarterback, that'll definitely help them out a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was my thought process behind it all. Um, and then um, just to touch on the other the other three picks, Jordan Addison to, to Green Bay. Um, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback there. They need pass catchers. Um, yeah, but Christian Watson uh, has come into his own. Robio Dobbs started off hot, has kind of fallen off. They're waiting on him um, to kind of hop on the train. Um, Randall Cobb is he's done, right? It, I, and and Jordan Addison would fill right in for what Randall Cobb does. Yeah, perfect. Shifty guy right in the slot. A lot of speed, great hands. That would help out a lot. Um, Nolan Smith uh, to uh, Detroit, adding another pass rusher along with um, Aiden Hutchinson. That would definitely help out as well. And then Antonio Johnson, he's really interesting. He's a guy who can play corner at the next level as well. Um, he's the safety from A&M going to Jacksonville. Um, right now, they need help at the safety position, um, but Jacksonville just needs help in the defense in general. Um, so if he translates to corner, I think that's a good. that would be a, still a good pick ultimately for, um, for Jacksonville. Yeah, if he's anywhere in the secondary for him, they, they did all right. Yep, for sure. Um, keep things going. We only have only a only. Ten more picks. Uh, twenty-one. We have the Patriots taking Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver from, from Ohio State. Twenty-two. Uh, the Giants take Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. Twenty-three. The Baltimore Ravens take Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon. At twenty-four, we have the Los Angeles Chargers taking Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. And twenty-five, we have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. Yeah, well, to start with Brian Branch there, um, the Bengals did draft three safeties last year in the draft, which is wild to me, uh, but Jesse Bates is 99% gone, um, so they're going to need somebody else to fill in on the back end there. Uh, they did draft, I believe, Dax Hill yeah, from Michigan last year, so just another guy back there playing safety, a little bit of secondary help. Um the Ravens selecting Christian Gonzalez, corner. Marcus Peters is 
once again, 99% gone. He's more than likely going to be a cap casualty, and he's going to be out well, there. His contract's up. Yeah, well, and, and then I'm saying, like, we're not going to be able to afford yeah. him. Um, so I think he's gone. Somebody else to come in, play corner. Um, I know we got a couple of young guys on the team, uh, you know, all following Marlon Humphrey over there, all pro Marlo. He's a but dog. Christian, Christian Gonzalez is 6'3", long arms. He's Like, he'd, he'd be a perfect corner opposite of Marlon Humphrey for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, right now, cornerback number two would be Brandon Stevens with number three and four being Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe, and, uh, Pepe Williams. Both pretty good corners. They're in the NFL. They know what they're doing. Um, but just... Need a more solid guy over there. Yeah. A little more reliable. Um, who did we have uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba going to? We had him go to the Patriots. They need wide receiver help. Good Lord. Someone get Jacoby Myers some help over there. Well, Jacoby Myers is a free agent. Well, well then bye-bye. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, Jacoby Myers is a free agent, so getting Jackson Smith and Jigba to play in the slot, that's probably where he's, he's going to do most damage um, at the next level. That'll definitely help out whoever the health quarterback is. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, 22 and 24, two tight ends going. Michael Mayer is the best tight end prospect in the draft. Um, Darnell Washington, he's not even the, he's not even tight end number one for the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, his the tight end number one is escaping me right now for Georgia. It's, it's um, he's coming out next year. He's coming out next year. He's gonna be a top ten pick. Another Kyle Pitts esque kind of player. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He's a, he's a little bit less athletic than Kyle Pitts, but the he's he's he uh, he, he reminds me of T.J. Hawkinson. A lot. All right. All right. Yeah, well, I, I think Darnell Washington, he's he's got a little bit of burners on him. Like, he can he can boot, scoot, and boogie. Yeah. Um. So, another pass catcher for Just, Justin Herbert would definitely help out a lot. Um. And then just to round things out here, 26 to the Vikings. We have them taking Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State. 27 uh, for Dallas. We have them taking Josh Downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina. At number 28, the Denver Broncos from Miami via San Francisco. I just enjoy saying that. I don't know why. Just because that pick's changed hands so many times. <laughs> um, they're taking Jared Verse, um, edge rusher, out of Florida State. 29, the Buffalo Bills select B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. Number 30, the Kansas City Chiefs take Trenton Simpson, linebacker from Clemson. And at 31, the Philadelphia Eagles take Clark Phillips, the third cornerback out of Utah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eagles uh, more than likely are going to end up losing James Bradbury in the offseason. Somebody else to pair up with Darius Slay makes perfect sense. Um, still have some help on the back end there with C.J. Gardner-Johnson and safety and everything like that. We've already talked about how they need to beef up the defensive line. Now, just just keep beefing up that defense. It'll go a mile. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, they need some help in the middle of the defense there. Um, I think in the secondary, they, they do okay. They, it's It's serviceable. But having a playmaker right there in the middle of the defense, that'll definitely help out a lot. That'll help out um, a, a ton there for him. The Buffalo Bills might set fire to the city if they're able to get B. John Robinson that late in the draft um, and walk away with the number one running back prospect uh, in the draft. They might set fire to the stadium. The number one running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're over the moon. They're, they're going to roundhouse kick somebody. They, they're just... They're yeah, happy. ecstatic. Um, yeah, for for Denver, Jared Verse, he's a really raw guy. He played at the University of Albany before he transferred to Florida State, um, and he's and he's still in first round contention after one year at Florida State. So he's a raw guy, but if he puts it all together, he'll be really really good. Um, Dallas, they need help at wide receiver really bad outside of um, CD Lamb. He can't do it all by himself. So having Josh Downs there will definitely help out. And then Joey Porter Jr. He's Wes's. Uh, he's one of. West's favorite prospects in the draft. 
Um, he's at, he has NFL pedigree. He's raw as well, but if you can get him to put it together, he'd be a really a really good corner for your team. Call me Holman, not Wes. My bad. <laughs> I'm just fucking with I you, apologize. dude. I don't I don't actually care. Um, yeah, I think Joey Porter Jr. He's he's a little bit of a raw talent. Um, he's played in the Big Ten. He's went up against Michigan. He's went up against Ohio State. He's went up against he's went up against the big name guys. Um, and he's held his own. He's played damn well for him. Um, so I think Joey Porter Jr. I mean, he's battle tested. I mean, he's, he's he's played Ohio State. I think for three years now at this point. In the last three years, Ohio State's had if if what we have holds true, Ohio State's had what five receivers drafted in the first round of the last three years. Yeah, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, James Williams. Jameson Williams played at Ohio State. Uh, yeah. He was there. He played at Ohio State. And I want to say there was somebody the year before, too. Um, who would have been... I'm checking now. The year before. 2020. Was that the Marquise Brown in DK Metcalf year? No. No? Who was after them? Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase. Who else was in that draft class? Um, Jamar Chase wasn't in that draft class. This one was... Um, Jamar Chase was the year after. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Rieger. Henry Ruggs. Jerry Judy. CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Jalen uh, Rager. Justin Jefferson. T. Higgins. LaVisca. Hamler. Claypool. I know he played against Claypool, Van Jefferson. Eh, so maybe not a first rounder that year, but yeah. Oh, and the tight end you're thinking about from Georgia is Brock Bowers. That's it. Thank you. I got you. I looked it up for you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'm here for you. My man. I'm here for you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's our mock draft. Of course, we're going to be posting it on Instagram so you guys can check it out there. Um, I know we're, we're kind of rambling off names and it's tough to follow when you're not looking at it. I literally did the draft and I'm over here like, oh, wait, who did we have going where? Right. Because I'm not looking at it. So you guys can go look at it over there. Um, I think we did pretty dang good. Let us know what you think. You can comment on it. Tell us we're idiots, although that's not very nice. So please don't do that. But you can. Yeah, we'd appreciate it if you didn't. Um, but while we're talking about Brock Bowers and talk about Georgia. Georgia, TCU, Monday night, college football championship. It's gonna be a great game. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that TCU just stands no chance. But um, we also said, or Holman said that TCU didn't really stand a chance against Michigan. I didn't think they did. And to, and to be fair, I didn't I didn't think they would play as well as they did against Michigan. Um, and go, I mean, and go figure they were they were the more physical team. They wanted it more. Michigan's a top five defense in college football. Yep. TCU hung fifty one on them. Yeah, I, I saw a graphic that um that Michigan had allowed twenty points or twenty plus points in one half twice all year. That was against TCU. Both halves. Both halves. Yeah, I mean TCU came out. They came out firing. Um controlled the game the entire way. Michigan tried storming back, and TCU just slammed the door shut in their face uh, ended up closing it out. So TCU won, and I was talking to a buddy earlier, and he was like, are you ready for Georgia to beat the shit out of TCU? And I'm like, look, I said that about Michigan and TCU, and yeah. here we are. I was like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. No. Of course, I say I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Now it's going to be a blowout. Right. 
Yeah, so um, I mean, TCU has probably been one of the has, has been probably the most feel good story in the CFP since I think it started. Um, I mean, before the season started, they were going to plus twenty three thousand to win the CFP. Yeah, it's insanity. Twenty three thousand. Ten dollars would win you like twenty three hundred. They had teams such as Purdue, Arizona State, who finished three and nine, Iowa State, who finished four and eight, Auburn, who fired their head coach halfway through the year. They had teams along those lines who were in front of them to win to to win the CFP. Right behind them was West Virginia, Maryland. So I mean, I mean that kind of puts things into perspective of how long of a shot they were to actually get this far. Yeah, and here they are balling out. And now here they are, literally one game away from potentially pulling it all off and being the national champion. I mean, dude, that TCU defense is very opportunistic. I mean, they they forced Michigan into quite a few turnovers. Yeah. One of which being a pick six. Very opportunistic. They have they do have a good run game in Keandre Miller. And then um they have a good backup. Uh, I believe I I'm, his first name is escaping me, but his last name is DiMarcado. Yeah. DiMarcado. Um he ran for like 145 yards against Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ran all over them. Georgia, we've we've said it. They're like a they're another number one, if not top five defense. They are a top five, if not number one defense in college football. Michigan was the same thing. Top five defense. TCU's offense didn't really skip a beat. I mean, we can sit here and say that Georgia's a different beast. We also just saw Ohio State hang forty one on Georgia, and Ohio State should have potentially won that game forty four to forty four to forty two. They should have won that game. I don't know what was going on in that game. I don't know if the snap was bad. I don't know if the hold was bad. I don't know if just the kick was bad. I'm not. I'm not. I'm Ohio not, State let them back in the game though. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be that guy, but Ohio State should have won that game for sure. I think Ohio State was the better team for probably three and a half quarters, but yeah. Georgia was opportunistic. They the, they were like Doctor Strange at Endgame there when he's like sitting there and he's like, "There's one opportunity, there's one chance, and we're gonna sit here, we're gonna go through, and we're gonna we're gonna fail, we're gonna fail, we're gonna fail, we'll fail and attack." Yeah. And there they were. It was like Doctor Strange there. I don't know. They 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 attacked at the right time. They came back one forty two to forty one. Ohio State had two timeouts. And like a minute and a half to move down the field to get into field goal range. Plenty of time in college football because the clock stops after first downs until it's set. Like you got to get set, and then the clock, the ball is set. Then it gets going. Yeah. So there's plenty of time to get upfield, get set, get ready, get the play in, and you have two timeouts. Plenty of time. Uh, Ohio State should have won that game. Kind of screwed it over. Is what it is. Now it's TCU versus Georgia. I'm I'm rooting for TCU here. I am as well. I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's a feel good story. It's a feel good story. Max Duggan. Um, I don't want to say he got gypped out of the the Heisman. I mean, it was it was Caleb Williams, right? But Max Duggan got he got gypped out of uh the Big Twelve Championship for sure. Now he's like, all right, well, we didn't win the Big Twelve Championship. That's fine. We won the College Football Championship. Right. Put some respect on it. Yeah, they're going. They're going for it. I think they'll pull it off. Um, and it will be. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, it's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch it. Seven thirty Monday evening on ESPN, out in SoFi Stadium. It's going to be a good game. If you don't watch it, you'll be in the same boat as me because I'll be st- I'll be sleeping before work. Uh, I get off work at like seven thirty, so I'm going to miss at least the first quarter. I mean, I'll keep up with play-by-play when I get up eventually. Yes, yeah, so I'll miss the first quarter, but it is what it is. But 
Michigan, we were just talking about him losing to TCU. Like a little, a little, a little something going on they're over about, there. That, they're about to be losing something else, too. Their, uh, their head coach might be one of them. Yeah, so earlier today, uh, they were informed by the by the NCAA that they're being that they're being probed for uh, level two violations, which are not the highest. Um, they don't level. They don't. They don't level the high the highest penalties. Um, so the so the accusations are that Michigan held practices with too many coaches on the field. They contacted two prospects during the extended COVID nineteen dead period and observed practices via an unauthorized video feed about um <clears throat> um two recruits. Yeah. So those are the level two, level two accusations um being levied or being presented to Michigan right now. Um the level one violation is that uh, Jim Harbaugh misled the NCAA when it when it was approached with the when it, when they approached him with the allegations. So they so he misled the NCAA um and now they're coming after him with level 1 violations. Um level 2 violations they're not necessarily um they're not necessarily detrimental to a to a college football program. Right. Um, but those level one violations, they are. And um, this is a big one. If you just cooperate with the NCAA, you know, things normally get taken care of pretty easily. You can probably self-impose certain penalties on your program to not make it as bad. But a level one, level one violation being presented to Jim Harbaugh, um, not good. Yeah, and John, uh, Jim Harbaugh was, um, he was set to potentially take over a head coaching job uh, back in the NFL. Um, there's been rumors that he has unfinished business in the NFL. He had a good record when he was coaching for the 49ers. He did get them to an, uh, two NFC championships and one Super Bowl. Um, I don't know, man. I think with the, with the with the level one violations coming in, I think he's more than likely going to head off to the NFL here, even after earlier this week, saying... Um, I plan on staying here or I, he said something along those lines. Basically he said like, I'm not going anywhere, but now it's come out that he's got level one violations against him. I think you could see him just skedaddle and say, all right guys, peace. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely not good for Michigan right now. Um, level one violations, not only are they going to, are they going to just really hit Michigan where it hurts? Um, could also depending on depending on the verbiage of Jim Harbaugh's contract, it could lead to him being dismissed by Michigan. Yeah, it, it could be that as well. I mean, who knows? Like, it could be something as like like they're not bowl eligible next year. Um, like you said, uh, Jim Harbaugh could be dismissed. Then he's definitely going to the to the NFL. Yeah. Um. I mean. So, something something to this to this magnitude has never happened in college football before, where a power five, a sitting power five coach has never been hit with allegations like this before. It's happened in basketball um, with UConn and Kevin Ollie in 2018. Um, he did something similar. He provided false information, and um, TC or TCU. Uh, there, there's a video of them coming out of the tunnel right here next to me um, while I'm reading reading this article. Um, they were given a three-year ban from the NCAA tournament. And he was and he was fired by UConn. Well, didn't Bo- Boise State got wrecked a while ago? 
Uh, I don't remember if they did or not. Boise State got like uh, they got like blackballed from college football. Did they get the death, the death penalty? For I think I think Boise State got the death penalty. SMU got wrecked too. Oh uh, yeah, that was that. You ever seen the um? It's probably a thirty for thirty. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's called the Pony Excess. That 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 thing is off the chain. No, I haven't seen it because I think. I think Blue Mountain State is supposed to be about Boise State. The TV show Blue Mountain State. They may have been hit with violations, but... Um, serious infractions. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Mm. I think it was Boise State got wrecked. No, not Boise. Uh, they didn't get hit with... Major violations. Um, I don't. I, I don't the know. only the only time that a death penalty was handed down to a football team was uh, was SMU. That was that was the only time that a death penalty has been handed down to a um, to a team. But SMU is a bad repeat offender. Uh, apparently, Blue Mountain State was based on Penn State. And their antics. Hmm. Interesting. I did not know that. Neither did I. I mean, Penn State's another team that's been that's been hit with severe severe penalties, but that was due to the uh, poor handling of the Jerry Sandusky case. Huh. I don't know. I'm seeing a bunch of different things. I he, I see here about Virginia Tech. Um. I see something about Minot State University. I don't know. I could be wrong about it. Yeah, I don't know, brother. Anyway, Jim Harbaugh is probably out of Michigan, so um, good luck. Have fun over there. Yeah. At least you guys beat Ohio State twice. Good point. Might not happen for a while. Yeah, because he's probably going to be coaching in the NFL. He's probably going to be coaching the NFL. You guys are going to lose um, a lot of kids in the transfer portal. Yeah. I think Blake Corum was con- he was contemplating coming back. I think you see him go to the NFL now. Yeah, I think after this he'll probably end up going to the NFL. Uh, let's see if there's any news on Blake Corum. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything's come out that he's declared or hasn't de- or uh, anything like that, but or say he's going back. Because but... this is all came out... Uh, today, yeah, this is all very new. Yeah, all yeah, all all of this information is is new. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what ends up happening with Michigan, uh, a team that looked like they were about to be a powerhouse here for for a while, but now it's um not looking good for them. Yeah, uh, did you see uh, Jadavian Clowney got sent home from Browns practice today, and then Miles Garrett did a uh, presser today, and he took a line from Mike Tomlin and said. Yeah, we're looking for volunteers, not hostages. That's funny. Jadavian Clowney is going to be gone. Well, yeah, he also he also publicly said that he's ninety five percent not coming back. Yeah, and then I think that's why Miles Garrett went out and said, "Yeah, we're looking for volunteers, not hostages." Right. Right. People that want to be there, not that they have to be there. I mean, you can you can say no to a contract, Jadavian. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not very difficult to do. It's not hard at all. He's a fool, dude. Well, 
brother, we got one last thing to get to, and I know you 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 want to get to it. We do, and I gotta check. I don't know if he's nope. So currently, the Capitals are tied two to two. I'm rocking my Ovi sweater right now, thanks to my lovely girlfriend for getting me getting it for me for Christmas. Um, I just want to go ahead and just make sure everybody knows Alex Ovechkin's on an absolute tear right now in the NHL. Um, he scored nine goals in his last six games, including two hat tricks. Um, currently third in the NHL in goal scored, I believe he's third. Yes, he's currently third behind uh, Connor McDavid and Tage Thompson. Um, really, the big the big news surrounding this is the great one, Wayne Gretzky, came out and said in an interview, who, of course. Alex Ovechkin is chasing Wayne Gretzky for the all-time goals record in the NHL. Uh, Wayne Gretzky came out and said, at this point now, it's not a matter of if Ovechkin will catch him. It's a matter of when. Yeah, Ovi's on an absolute tear. He's going to get there sooner rather than later. I still have to find the episode where I gave you the exact date. Um, It was early. It was early on in our tenure of doing this. It was early on. I got to find it. I got to go back and listen to a lot of game film. Um to find that but one of these days i will yeah so right now the capitals are playing right now no ovechkin has not scored yet but he's currently sitting at 29 goals one more put him at 30 um he's closing in on number 810 uh which will put him i want to say we're coming up on him only being like 80 behind gretzky i think let me see you gotta have this stuff ready, man. I'm like, I'm finding this on the fly. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. You gotta have this stuff ready. You know what? That I'm was just... mean. Sorry. Everybody. He he gave me the bird. Everybody. Yeah, well, whatever. It'll be all right. That was hurtful. Eight ninety four. So he's about eighty off. Yeah. Yeah. A a a little a little bit more than eighty off. So yeah, very excited time. Very exciting time to be a Caps fan. And they're on fire, too. They're playing really well. Um, they've clawed their way back into being a um, a playoff team. They're looking they're – look, they're on fire. I'm, re- I'm really, really pleased with how the Caps have been playing as of late. The goalie just has to stop letting up five goals a game. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that is what it is. I mean, when we, when we signed uh, Kepper from away from Colorado, I mean, that was a, that was a problem that he had. Um. But as long as the offense is scoring goals, I've said it multiple times on the show, winning cures all. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us here today. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Um, Enjoy the football that'll be on. We have uh, NFL on both Saturday and Sunday. Um, And then we have the College Football National Championship Monday night. So, Great weekend for football Um, if you guys are football fans, which I'm assuming that most of you guys are. So hopefully you all have a good weekend. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Yep. Thanks, guys. See you.